0: Welcome back to Blue Skies and Green Pastures. It's almost Christmas. I haven't made an episode in over almost two months now. And I've just been really busy. Mostly all good stuff. But also, I just haven't really had a topic that I felt like talking about. And I've, I've written quite a few blog posts. But, um... Anyway, I'm back (laughs) for a Christmas episode, and it's not really going to be about Christmas per se, except that it's going to be about Jesus, and Jesus, of course, is the reason for the season. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing, whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker. You'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. And uh, before I get started on the other part that I'm going to talk about, I'm just going to mention a little insight. That I read on a blog this week, Um, you know, the uh, winter solstice was last night, or at some point, (laughs) which was the longest night, right? Which means that it was the the least amount of sunlight, and based on you know where the sun is up in the sky and all that, it's the shortest day of the year which means it's the longest night of the year. And now I understand why our church has the longest night service. I, I, you know, don't want to sound like an idiot, but I didn't know what they meant by that. I thought it was a long night because people were sad, so nights were long. But now I get it. It's the longest night because that was the winter solstice. And I myself have had a kind of a very emotional week feeling really sad about a you know just different things happening that just looking back over the year and you know i'm just going through a lot of things in my family and with my family my family's going through things it's like kind of normal changes in life but it can be difficult, right? It can be painful. And and it just sort of came to a head. And I was like, oh, the next day I read that post about the solstice. And I was like, huh, I wonder, you know, you know, it seems like a lot of people are feeling sad this time of year. I wonder if it does have something to do with the, the, the solstice. And not that I, you know, I'm not a pagan, okay? And I was thinking about that topic that you know i think we christians are can you know i'm talking about evangelical american church going types we can be like really f- afraid of anything that sounds the least bit pagan right which is good cuz the bible says you don't have anything to do with the witchcraft you're not to consult mediums you're not to um speak to the dead and you know things like that but when it comes to nature the thing is we we are created by God just like the world was created by God and i think it's not reason not unreasonable to think that our bodies and minds can be affected by seasonal changes and the sunlight and you know you know uh if the moon can can affect the tides it's that's a pretty strong you know that's a pretty powerful thing so i, I wouldn't be surprised if it can also affect people's moods and um so you know i just I really do think that people are more affected by the seasons and the and the moon and the weather and things like that than than they want to admit and and it's okay it's you know I think we need to be we don't have to be so afraid, but the other thing I wanted to talk about was. That people are so afraid of the Holy Spirit that they're, they, they don't know when the Holy Spirit is guiding them. They don't the whole you know, Sola scriptura, it just seems like it just leaves out the Holy Spirit. Why would Jesus say He was sending us a helper if we're not even supposed to talk about the Holy Spirit? So, I've mentioned that in other podcasts. You can you can find my episodes on the Holy Spirit because I know the Holy Spirit's helping me. And he's been helping me through my little emotional feelings all week. And and that's, you know, I'm so thankful because the Holy Spirit is Jesus. And Jesus is God, it's the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit so when when we talk about Christmas, we're talking about God came to earth as a he was born through mary he He was a baby human. Just think about that. Just think what it was like for to hold God, you know, Mary got to hold the baby. Baby Jesus, isn't that an amazing thought? I mean, she was holding God. She was nursing God. And, I mean, we can't really process that with our little pea brains. And how does that work? We don't know. But that's what the Bible teaches us. That Jesus was not created by the normal means of a man and a woman instead mary was pregnant by the spirit of god and her baby she was she was a virgin she had not been with any man so she the baby in her was human as far it was as far as it it had a human egg but it was fertilized by god's spirit so pretty wild huh so just think about little little boy Jesus toddling around and growing up. And then one day, he was baptized and his father was God. And his father said that he was well pleased with his son. And then he was sent off into the desert and he was tempted by the devil with all the glory and power and stuff that the devil wants so bad. The devil wants all of God's power, all of God's glory. But did Jesus want? Did Jesus say, "Yes, I want that?" No, because for one thing, he's already God, but he was also a human man. But he resisted. He he said no and he quoted scripture back to the devil, and therefore Jesus understands what it's like to be tempted by sin. He had to be made a human so that he could not only die for our sins, but he could understand even better what we go through as humans. I mean, God is so good. He is so loving and caring he cares when our hearts are breaking. He cares when someone dies and we're we're grieving. He he cares when someone hurts our feelings and makes us feel rejected. So if you're having a hard time this Christmas season, just know that God cares about you. Ask him to comfort you. Ask him to wrap his arms around you and just imagine him doing that with you right now. I mean, it's not it's not pretending because he can wrap his spiritual arms around you and he can touch your spirit and he can comfort you in in a way that we can't really understand because it's supernatural, but it's real. And I can honestly tell you that God comforted me that way this week when I was really feeling sad. And, and, you know, I'm not normally a very emotional person. Um, I can be a little blunt sometimes and just a little like overly logical. But when it comes to my children, that's where all my heart is. I love my children more than anything. And and you know that's something else i was going to throw in to this podcast is if you're a homeschool mom you may and your kids are about to leave <laughs> you may not be ready for just how difficult it is to, to to transition from them being home like all the time for so long it's a little different, I think, a lot different than it is for kids who's go kids who go to public school. I mean, just think kids who go to public school are gone from the house, you know, eight hours minimum a day and maybe longer if they have after school activities and or they go to work or they're at friends' houses all the time. But for a lot of us as homeschool moms, our kids, at least while before they start driving or working, they're home a lot. They're always around. And, you know, the reason we homeschool is because we, we want to spend time with our kids. We, we enjoy teaching them. We enjoy having fun with them, going places with them, doing chores, you know, just hanging out, talking, watching movies together. All that stuff that public school moms only get to do for a little bit on the weeknights and then maybe on the weekends, we do that all day, every day. And when they move out, it's a big change. It's a very big change. And, you know, I think as homeschool moms, not all of us, not everyone, but many of us are a little fearful of the outside world and we that's one of the reasons we homeschool is because we want to protect our kids. You know, we we know what's out there, and we want to protect them. So then when they move out, we have to, you know, trust God with them. And we know from our own experience that once you move out, it's, a, you know, very tempting to do all the stuff that your parents told you not to do, and we also have heard horror stories about other other people's kids moving out and bad things happening and, you know, oh, they, they were in a car wreck or they uh, started doing drugs or they got pregnant or they quit, you know, believing in God and they became, you know, woke. And, you know, I mean, so many things can happen. But the thing is, once, you know, once they hit, like, 15 or 16 they're really going to do their own thing and even when they're still at home they're kind of under your rules but once they move out they have to learn some stuff they have to learn how to be an adult and it's, it's a slow process that we all went through as adults right I mean now that I'm an an older mom and my, I think back on my own mother and what I must have put her through and boy, do I feel guilty, but I'm doing the best I can now to be a good uh, daughter to her now. (laughs) But I know that there was a, you know, five year period there when I'm sure that she was just, she didn't know if I was going to, turn out, you know, if I was ever going to grow up was how bad was it going to get? You know, I mean, I was, I was pretty, um, uh, worldly and just doing a lot of things that I'm sure my mother, I just couldn't believe because she didn't raise me like that. Right. And, and that's how we feel about our kids. When we see them doing things, we didn't raise them to do that. But the thing is, they have to, sometimes they just have to experiment and that's where prayer becomes so important. So at this time of year, you know, it's natural at the end of the year to be looking back over the year and thinking about things. And this has been a very transitional year in our family and it's it's also been a hard year for me, I got injured, I hurt my shoulder, that really messed up my life, (laughs) and just really threw me off my routine, I'm trying to get back at it, and then um, I, just all kinds of stuff, I mean it's been a good year, but it's been stressful, very stressful, and then now that uh, two of my kids moved out, I've been like trying to clean up their bedrooms, because they didn't take everything, so I'm, like, cleaning up, I'm going through all the stuff that they left behind, and just, and, you know, you can't help yourself, it brings up memories galore, and it makes you feel sad that the childhood time is over, because, like, in one of my sons, he took his bed out of his room, and under the bed was a box of toys, and, I mean toys from when they were little. And I'm just looking at those toys and I have no grandkids and that makes me sad. But you know what? I know God is going to give me some grandkids. I know my kids are going to going to have some kids. I just I just know it in my heart. So I try not to be too sad when I look at those toys but uh cleaning up when they move out it can be pretty rough. (laughs) I mean, I'm excited because I'm really looking forward to uh, fixing up these rooms that they have, you know, made such a mess out of. But the process of, you know, just remembering all the good times but also thinking, oh, I should have done better at this. I should have done better at that. And knowing that I'm not going to be there and I just you know i miss them i miss my kids the the two that moved out and the two that moved you know one of them moved out a couple of years ago and he's still struggling and i and then the other one is doing pretty good my oldest and but i don't i hardly ever see him i mean he's supposed to be here for christmas so i'm really looking forward to that so that was my little personal update, uh, if you're still with me, I was going to talk about a blog I wrote called The Radical Right and Left Share a Common Problem, and really the, the common problem that that all people who are radical or troublemakers, they all share a common problem, and that problem is sin, and but it can also just it can be sin that is portrayed in various ways i mean we we know that the the root cause of all bad behavior is sin but some of it seems less intentional than others um and i think that one thing that these radicals like these woke people and these I, what I did in this article is I am, I am putting together radicals as anyone who hates other people and blames them for their problems and thinks that they have all the solutions. Now, you know, looking for solutions to problems is good. We, we should be, you know, trying to make the world a better place, but we should do it in with God's guidance, which is the Bible. So all these people, these radical leftist and radical right people, they're not doing it God's way. And the people in the center, they just don't seem to be very vocal and it's really hard to know. I mean, the media is so biased. The media shows us all these horrible stories. And thanks to the algorithms, if you, if you read one story, it's going to show you a hundred more ter- terrible stories like that. And you start to think that everything is terrible. But really, I'm really not really sure how bad it is. It's, it's really hard to know. Now, I do believe that, that we are seeing that there is like a, a return. A, um, there's a lot of like white supremacy around the world. And there's a lot of people blaming um, various ethnic group, groups for economic problems. And that kind of worries me. And it makes me think of Hitler. And it makes me think, you know, it doesn't matter if it's, if you're blaming Mexicans or South Americans or Haitians or if you're blaming Africans or Somalians or Middle Eastern people, Afghanistans, all the people that are migrating into Europe, all the people that are migrating into um America these people are trying to escape um bad situations so can we really blame them i mean but the the solution is not to demonize those people the solution is to look at the governments of those countries and and ask ourselves why why are things so bad? And when you start like really digging in, things are not, it's not, it's not those migrant people that are running away from violence and poverty that are to blame. <laughs> it's their governments. Um, but it's easy, you know, just like Hitler did. Hitler blamed, you know, for the Jews, he blamed all kinds of different people, not just Jews, but he he blamed everyone that wasn't, in his opinion, um, perfect Aryan, you know, race. He blamed them for bat the bad economy. But if you watch some videos about what really happened with World War One and World War Two, you will see that it's not it's not all. I mean, the economy was messed up because of World War One. Hitler rose to power because of World War One. And why did why did World War One happen? Well, I suggest you if you want to know, go to the dot com and do a search for the World War I video and watch that. I think you will be shocked. Um, it has to do with, um, well, I can't remember all the details at the moment, but basically it was a war that was started by globalists. And and then so Germany, uh, Germany has always had a lot of problems. But currently in our world today, that same environment is being created, which is a bad economy. We've got um, people fighting over territory. We've got the people fighting over natural resources. We've got geopolitical um ganging up, you know, oh, well, it's going to be Russia and China against everyone else. And, and we've got, you know, America ganging up with Australia and India. And, you know, it's, why can't we all just get along, right? But all of these radicals share the one thing, and that is they are not Christians, All of these people just want power. They just want, um, you know, they want an advantage. They want their country to be prosperous. And why can't we all be prosperous? There is not a lack. There's, the myth is that there's not enough to go around. But there is enough to go around. It's just pure pure power struggles and greed that have been around forever. So I made this little diagram and in the middle of the diagram I put the things that the extreme left and the extreme right share. And it's, I don't know if I can see it. It's so small. Um, they share... Uh, identity politics. They share black and white thinking. There's never any gray areas. Everything is their way or the highway. There's no compromise. They're narcissistic. They're victims. They think that everyone else is their enemy. They're very emotional. They have no self-awareness. They're they're very self-centered they're very narrowly focused. They don't they don't look long term. They don't they're impatient. So when you think about those terms, those terms to me indicate immaturity. So why are we electing immature leaders? They they don't they're not wise. They're not careful. They don't They don't understand, or they don't, like, put the safety and well-being of the nation or whatever they're in charge of above their own goals. I mean, look at Biden. He is the worst president. I watched a video of him last night with him and Zelensky. I mean... It's embarrassing it's so embarrassing to see that that man is our president but so on the extreme left we have people who and and they're not all like this but some of them are radical feminist some of them are radical socialist communist Marxist they're uh, they hate tradition and they want to just, burn down everything and start anew. They they um they don't understand basic human nature. They think that humanism can triumph. They don't believe in God. If they if they're in the critical race theory camp, there really is like no solution because everyone is oppressing someone. I mean, there's really like and there's no solution for them. Like, constant change is their goal. Now, if you're on, the ones on the extreme right, they don't want any change. And they don't um, have much understanding of eco- economy, economic principles either. They, they're way more concerned with what's in it for them in the short term. And... They tend to worship traditions more than um, more than God. I mean, like patriotism and nationalism, and you know, uh, toxic mas- masculinity. In other words, they take good things and they. And they make idols out of them. Whereas on the left, they, they do the same thing. Like, they try to, to turn women into goddesses. They, you know, they take women's, like, instead of just treating women fairly, no. They have to be totally in charge, you know, do away with men completely. Uh, back to the extreme right. They they put their faith in military or business. In other words, not God. They think that the military is going to save them or that the markets are going to save them. So money, right? They believe that money is going to save them, whereas on the left, they believe that their philosophies and their theories, their political movements are their gods. They idolize the idea of abolishing capitalism and replacing it with workers' rights. Workers' rights and unions are their idols, which neither one of those is going to save them. The union's not going to save you and the military's not going to save you. But right now, those two groups are gaining power. And, you know, hopefully that means that Jesus is coming back soon. But in the meantime, it kind of dawned on me that the tribulation and what's described as what's going to happen in the book of Revelation, that's going to be like a second holocaust only this time it it's not going to be just jews it's going to be all the people who didn't believe in jesus are going to be holocausted by the antichrist and his you know his armies so when you think of it that way it just really it's horrible I mean, it's already horrible, but, you know, the Bible always does things twice. Um, and if it hasn't happened a second time yet, like in big, big events usually happen twice. Important things, and that's because they're confirmation. So like there's a like two witnesses and there's and there's a two of this and two of that. And and I think that the holo- I think that the first holocaust was just a small sample, and I know there have there have been other purges where many Jews have been killed, but I think the holocaust was probably the most visible one, where you know they're literally put into gas chambers and. Um, but this time, I mean that time, it was kept hidden from the world. Of course, some people knew about it, but a lot of people claim they didn't know. Well, when the tribulation comes, people are going to be dying everywhere and everyone's going to know. But obviously, the Jews who rejected Jesus are going to be many, many of them are going to die. But God is going to save a remnant just like he says in his word so I think what our government needs to be doing is being more careful about these radicals and the thing is is that the media is helping to create the radicals they're egging on the, the leftist radicals and then they're they're claiming that anyone who believes in the Bible is a right radical which isn't true so that just fuels the extreme right even more when they, when they make threats against all Christians all conservatives and they don't differentiate just like not every um, democrat in the democrat party is a marxist well not every conservative christian is a white supremacist in fact most of us are not but the media wants to portray all Christians, all Christian Republicans as extreme right wingers, you know, far right. They they lump it all together. In other words, what I'm saying is that the media is the enemy, the media in general. Now, there's alternative media and there's, there's a, plenty of websites out there where you can Read news that you won't that the most of the people in the world are not gonna read because they're pumping it out on these network channels and stuff. But I mean, sometimes I even read like legit articles on the CNN website, but you have to look for them. And the thing is, too many people are on social media or Twitter or um mewe. Or, I mean, I don't even know what's all out there. Reddit, Quora, Quorum, whatever it's called. There's a lot of websites. There's, there's that new one. Um, I can't remember the name of it. Uh, it's another social media platform that most adults don't even go to. Only bad people seem to use it. But those... Those different forums are like incubators for radicals. And I hate to say it, but they need to be monitored better. Because the real radicals do need to be monitored. But it's important that normal people that are not radical, like Christian, regular Christians... It, you know, we don't want to be persecuted. Of course, we know eventually we will. So, this is sort of a bit of a ramble. So, I hope all my friends are praying and thinking about how much Jesus loves you and thinking about little baby Jesus lying in that manger and um there's so much more to the Christmas story. I'm really thankful for my friend Missy, who's been teaching us some really interesting stuff in Sunday school about um, the night that Jesus was born. And I, I really urge everyone to really dig into their Bibles and read your Bibles who knows we might not be able to do that in a few years maybe less maybe very soon so memorize the word and if you're feeling depressed if you're feeling sad just know that God loves you and that he's with you even in the hard times and and like I saw you know you sometimes you have to be in the dark so that you can hear God's voice and you can see the light when he comes. And when Jesus is the light in the darkness. Jesus is the light on the longest night. He came to bring light to the world. He came to bring salvation, forgiveness, grace, and mercy. God is so merciful We all need his mercy because we're all sinners. Whether we're radical, center, or even a pacifist or whatever, we're all sinners. And that is the thing that the devil is trying to make everyone forget. Stop judging each other. Jesus said, be careful because when you judge someone, you're going to be judged by that same standard. He, he didn't come. He came to bring us peace so we can love each other and we can love God. So at this Christmas time, just think, how can I show love to someone today? In Jesus' name. It doesn't have to be a gift. It can just be showing someone mercy, showing someone kindness, overlooking someone's annoying habits, being, you know, make somebody laugh, talk about some, something happy, share some good news or ask someone their good news and really listen to them. There are so many ways that we can show love and the devil is trying to eliminate all of those loving things that we used to all do and we've just forgotten because we've been so busy being caught up in the hate and the anger and the violence that has just been on the media constantly. We don't have to pay attention to that. We know that God... God is good. Let's focus on that this time of year. So every every time you see a Christmas star, just think about the wise men. They're searching for the star, for the king. They knew that Jesus was coming, and he did come, and he, he died for us. He came to die, but first he He came to tell us what God is like, and he told us that God is love, and he loved us so much that he sent his son. So thanks for listening, and if I know you in real life, I look forward to seeing you next year. Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year!